Lab, or welcome back to the lab. My name is Kay Holiday, and I'm here with Ryan Rivers. Um, and on this show, wow, it's been a long time since we've done this. Yeah, uh, April 10th, I believe. Yeah, it was the last show that we recorded, so it's been a while. Um, but on this show, we like to dig in and dissect to a wide variety of topics. If you guys would like to get in touch with us, um, we've been going through emails. You can send us an email at theweeklylab at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes as a podcast or also over shortwave radio on WRMI. If you listen on shortwave, send us an email and we'll send you a QSL card. Speaking so. of which, uh, since we have been gone for so long, I do have yeah. to give just a couple of shout-outs oh here because um, our inbox um, had some uh, correspondence, if you will. Yes, I, I will. Some reception reports. Um, <laughs> so one, we got one out of Newmarket, Virginia. This is from Joe. Nice. Um, Joe, I, I will get back to you uh, via email. I'll get some information. I'll send you a QSL card as well. Um, and then we got one out of uh, Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, mm. and that is from James, and he heard us uh, last month as well. So we are uh, we are indeed lacking. Yeah, sorry uh, about that, guys. However, we'll get the uh, we'll get the uh, QSL cards in the mail and um, get all that taken care of. So thank you for the reception reports. Yes. Um, but now we are back, and we'll get back on track the best that we can. Yeah, I mean, it's been, gosh, I mean, April tenth. It's been over a month. Yeah. Um. But today's show, just because it has been so long, we were going to go into a new topic that we have been wanting to do for a while, I mm-hmm. would say. But we could also bring it up um, and have you guys, the listeners, tell us what you think, and we can discuss that on the next show. Yeah, yeah, we can give a little bit of a rundown. Um, it's it's a really interesting topic. Maybe we'll get into it like towards the end of the show. Sure. Um, and But, I mean, since we've been gone for so long, we're like, maybe we should just do a show on what we've been doing. And why we haven't been doing this show for the past, like, five weeks, you know? Um, I would say it started with, one, taking some personal time. Because we had been doing this for two years almost now. um, With very minimal breaks. I would say we missed a couple weeks Mm -hmm. um, due to, like, holidays or work schedules and things. And then talking about work. Like, work just got crazy there for a little bit. I felt like you and I were working like opposite days on the weekends when we normally record. For yeah, like, we didn't have a weekend off together for about a month. Yeah, I would say like three to four weeks. Um, Which makes it really hard to do a two-person show on the weekend. Yeah, it was funny because I was throwing around the idea. I was like, maybe one of us could just do one of those shows like where you essentially talk to yourself. You know, some people can pull that off. They can. Talk for half an hour and come up with topics and you're basically talking to yourself. But, I mean, our show is a two-person show, so... We were just like, you know what, we're just going to put it aside, take a little break. It's the kickoff of summer, you know, it's officially started. And like I said, things got a little bit hectic, I would say. And I think we needed a good break. Enjoyed it. Yeah, we enjoyed it, but we uh, took some time off, did some fun things. But, I mean, we also handled some important business that's been pending for a little bit. We've been talking about it for a while. Yeah, with the... uh I don't want to call it a bubble, but with the market, the housing market being as crazy as it is right now. Everywhere, everywhere. it seems, yeah. Uh, we took advantage of that, and we sold our property up in Idaho. We did. So that was uh, 10 acres gone. Yeah, real quick. And I know, um, I mean, we've had houses in our neighborhood here on the East Coast go up for sale. Some of them stuck around a little bit, but right. I mean, for the majority of, I would say, across the country, like... The housing market is just insane right now. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a seller's market. Um, yeah, There's so a lot we were of buyers too. So maybe it's a buyer's market. I'm no, a- I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a mix of both. But I mean, really, 
we had been talking about it for a little bit and we were like, yeah, let's just wait. You know, there were some things that we wanted to do to our house before putting it on the market. And we were like, let's wait until fall. You know, right. I think we said like August 1st was like the latest we were going to put it on the market. And then it was weird because the real estate agent we talked to, she was like, I wouldn't do any of that. Just put it up. Yeah. She said, don't fix anything. Don't do anything. Which kind of struck me as a bit odd, but uh, she posted it and what was it on Zillow and mm-hmm. Remax or something. And then within 24 hours, we had like a whole bunch of offers. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Some more than our asking price, which I was not expecting. Yeah. And, I mean, so if you're thinking about selling your house, I would say give it a go. Give it a go. Live in your truck. Whatever you got to do. Whatever you got to do. Because, I mean, if you can find the right buyer, it's the time to do it. Um, And a lot of people I hear are leaving, like, big cities, mm-hmm. states like California, mm-hmm. you know. So do you blame them? No. no. Not at all. Um, I mean, I lived in California for 10 years and I always say now, like we were just talking about this. You're like, have you ever lived somewhere that you were like, man, I could just stay here. And at the time I thought Northern California where my family lived, I was like, this is a pretty cool place. Like I loved it there. But now when I go back, I'm like, no, (laughs) like I would never live there, you know? Um, so no, not at all. But all those people are fleeing to places like Idaho for some reason. I don't know. Like it's weird because a lot of the people that I've talked to up there, they don't have family or anything. Like they don't know anybody from up there, but they're making that move for some unknown reason. I don't know. You got to set down new routes. Yeah. So, I mean, and then we started looking at places in like Montana and Wyoming and those prices kind of surprised me too, but it's because of everything that's going on. Yeah. And that's like, I don't want to jinx anything, but I have a feeling that um, we're like on a wave. I think it'll come back down. I yeah. think it'll, um, I mean, I don't know. Obviously yeah. I'm not a financial expert or a real estate expert or anything, right. but I can't see the housing market lasting like this like indefinitely no i mean i i this is our first time selling a house and honestly like the lady that we went through for the real estate stuff i mean i put my faith in her because she's been doing it for like decades you know yeah, and i know she, she doesn't get paid unless she sells so right i knew but that it, was a big motivator for her. yeah absolutely but it's just one of those things where she said things like you know don't fix that or don't you know because there were some plumbing issues and we we're like oh we should probably get it up to code for the inspection she was like don't even bother and it's like Mm-hmm. Like it was just like a little bit of a red flag for me, but I, we trusted her yeah. and it worked out. So yeah, we were busy with that kind of stuff, like moving our stuff out of the house, signing paperwork, all that kind of stuff. So, um, yes, yeah, so we did some business during our little hiatus from doing the show and, uh, now it's summertime Yeah, and we've had some time off of work on top of, you know, taking the personal time to go deal with the house stuff and we've just been hanging out with the dogs in the sun and, Getting a sunburn. Getting sunburns, yep. Um, what else? We Having uh, really bad allergies. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> terrible, because everything's blooming, and I think we've washed our cars twice this week because of pollen. Yeah, my parents came and visited. They did, that's Remember right. We that. haven't had a show since then. And it was yep. uh, interesting, because the first thing they said was, I can't believe you guys, you know, your trees don't have any leaves. Yeah, they said it looked like fall. Right. Because it was like in transition to getting to the bloom of mm-hmm. everything and it was like you know those orangish leaves like some things bloomed and here i thought spring came early but yeah compared to last year because i feel like it was like may and it was still kind of chilly out mm-hmm. but it's been very warm yeah but um it just goes to it just reminded me how different it is in different parts of the country yeah whenever um the seasons come and go and whatnot yeah and your parents were like freezing their butts off while they were here well yeah i didn't have the heat on <laughs> whenever they got here yeah that was like the first thing your dad did was like check the thermostat like mm-hmm. how cold is it what do you say he was like i need to see the thermostat before i get on the plane something like that yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean it's definitely warmed up they should be here now because we're in tank tops and shorts and sweating our butts well, off. i was wearing shorts when they were here 
That's true. You were. Remember? Yeah. They, but they were like, oh, maybe I should buy an extra jacket. Yeah, wearing you know? thermals and whatnot. Yeah. It was absolutely ridiculous. But that was fun. Um, we finally got to go to one of the casinos at, like near our house that we hadn't gone to yet. Oh, yep. yep. Um, and go check that out. And gosh, what else did we do? Yeah, Showed them so the, much. Yeah. So much. It was short but sweet because yeah. they were only able to come for a couple days. But a long weekend. Yeah, they were finally, they wanted to come last year. But, like, with the whole flying thing and COVID and everything, and now that it's kind of calmed down a little bit. Um, In fact, I think it's improving. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting. It is. Because uh, I wouldn't say that it's just now starting to improve. No. But, but the way that it's portrayed. But you're right. Yeah. They're uh, relaxing quite a bit of stuff, so. Yeah, with the vaccine and everything, they're relaxing protocols and everything like that, so at least people can get somewhat back to their normal lives. Somewhat. Whatever normal means. Yeah. Whatever this is the that new normal. Is. That's what they kept saying. Mm-hmm. So. Of course, there's always controversy surrounding it, and they're like, oh, what's the next phase of the virus going to be, and blah, blah, blah. Like, I definitely don't think we're out of it, but... Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We so shall see. We can we can get back to a little bit of normalcy, at least. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just in time for summer months. I think concerts are starting back up, and other things like that. Like, I know more, more people are going to the beaches, and... Yeah. Um, I think international travel has also uh, picked back up. Yes. Which yes. is kind of, I mean, I don't have anything planned, but if I did, yeah, at, at least, least at least flights are going in and out. I was going to say, at least you know now you could do it if you wanted to, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. would be nice. Just yeah. having the opportunity to do it if you want is what counts, I think. I would have to agree with that 100%. Yeah. So with all that being said and getting back on track uh, with the show here, mm-hmm. um, I don't think it's one that we've talked about. Yet, have we? No. For next week, we were talking um, about discussing near-death experiences Mm -hmm. and what people claim to um, go through, what they claim to see, what they experience and whatnot. Yeah. Um, Because, I mean, I feel like that's like a huge question that a lot of people have in the back of their mind is like life after death or what happens or whatever. Yeah. And there's all sorts of people that have um, experienced or they claim to have experienced it. They talk about stuff that they saw. Um, yeah. Some of the stories kind of line up with one another. That's like what I was just kinda, thinking. I'm not saying they all, but a lot of them describe the same type of sensation or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, is that just because that's how the brain's wired? Yeah. You know what I mean? Is it what you want to feel or see if you were in that situation? Right. Um, I don't know. So that's going to be next week's discussion. So if we throw it out there now, if anybody has experienced anything like that, mm-hmm. if anybody knows somebody that did, yeah, um, any crazy stories that we can look into and discuss next week, theweeklylab at gmail.com, send us an email, send us the story, whatever, and uh, we're going to do some research on that and then have some discussions uh, regarding that whole yeah. near-death experience. Yeah, because not like people joke, I guess, about having near-death experiences, but it's not like exactly what we're talking about, you know, like... Maybe you step out into the street and a car almost smokes you because you weren't paying attention. You're like, right, oh, gosh, yeah. you know, like I no, almost I'm died. I'm talking about people that, like, have flatlined, Pretty much died, and yeah. And the doctors brought them back, and they were like, oh, you were dead for 20 minutes. And they're like, yeah, I saw, and they start saying everything. Yeah. Um, and it's not always I found from doing preliminary research this morning. People have also had, like, negative near-death experiences, too. Yes. So, you know, if you're talking from a religious aspect of heaven and hell... There's people that have experienced the heavenly side of things and then also the darker side. Um, And I found out that there's actually a guy um, 
that studies this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, his name is Charles Swedrock, mm-hmm. and he's from Arizona, and he's the president of the International Association of Near-Death Studies. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that was a thing. There's a whole science behind it, huh? Yeah, because that's the thing. So there's no scientific explanation as to why people experience these kinds of things. Um, and, I mean, that comes with pretty much anything that's faith-based. You know, there's faith and then there's science and then they're always like butting heads, you know, whether you're like, if a scientist is strictly science based, they don't usually buy into a lot of that stuff. Well, some to of some it degree. lines up though. Like right. there's some stuff that's written in religious text and then you can do the archaeology behind it and see that, yes, what is described in this text exists. Right. Today. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, take near-death experiences, for instance. Like, how are you scientifically going to study that? Right, yeah. Like, make somebody flatline scientifically and then somehow infiltrate their brain to see, like, what's going on. You know, like, Mm -hmm. it's very hard to prove. So I find it interesting that this person, this guy, is taking kind of, like, a scientific approach to it. And it says, like, in this article, that he collects near-death stories and research and offers information as a resource. So I guess it's more or less, like, if somebody has gone through it, it's like a collection of studies based on people's experiences and stuff. Um, and according to his um, his studies and the crew that he works with, their research has shown that there's multiple levels of near-death experiences. Okay. So, like, not only do people, like I said, have, like, the heavenly or hell experience or something like that, um, it's just the level to which they get enveloped into something like that, you know? Cause like there was one article I read about like a neurosurgeon mm-hmm. who was in a coma for like seven days. He got some like really weird bacterial meningitis that like usually infects newborns. Mm-hmm. And he was in a coma for seven days, but he was like acutely aware of everything. And he claims that he went to like a heavenly place mm-hmm. and his accounts of everything was so in depth like very detailed he talked about like things he saw flying in the sky like this lady that was talking to him but it was almost like telepathic Mm -hmm. and it wasn't he was like if i could translate it into english words like he said the way she was communicating with him wasn't like you and i talking right now like it was so in depth and his experience was like crystal clear to him and he was just like recounting things but like other people aren't so involved like they just have like you know, they see the light at the end of the tunnel or something, oh, and they sure. feel like that warm light and maybe see what they claim to be like angels or something like that, but it's like very short, mm-hmm. okay. you know? So that's more or less what he was talking about. And there was some guy, um, the account that I read that I found interesting, and it wasn't um, too in-depth about like the negative side of things, but this guy, I guess he grew up in Tennessee, and he was like involved in like drugs and gangs and things like that, and he was involved in a stabbing. Um, outside of like a store and it was somebody that he didn't get along with I don't know if it was like a rival gang or whatever but he got stabbed and he was like bleeding out in the street and he was aware that he was on the gurney in the ambulance but he felt his body was like floating above the gurney itself and he claimed that he could hear people like screaming and groaning and things like that and then he felt like he was going into like the pit of a volcano Mm. and he said he actually saw people that he knew and I think his name was like Richard or something um or Ronald one of those two (laughs) I can't remember and they said like don't come in here there's no escape and like somehow he was allowed to go back but he basically alluded that to like I was at the gates of hell Mm. because I lived a negative life and I was involved with those things and he actually became a pastor 
after that. Mm. So it like flipped his mind around and he like got really involved in church and was like, man, I need to turn my life around. So now he's like a preacher and a pastor after all that. But that make you believe. Yeah. But he, he was like, he said the guy that he got in a fight with like broke a bottle and like was literally stabbing him with it. And he was like, he knew he was like on his deathbed in the back of an ambulance, but he had this like full experience and saw people that he knew Hmm. and he could tell like, from the screaming and the crying and stuff like he was like this is not a good place like I do not need to be here and then he came back so that would be different than somebody <clears> saying <throat> that like their life flashed bef- bet- before their eyes or yeah. like you know what I mean yeah. so, or is that what they're saying my life flashed before my yeah. eyes yeah that's what I'm saying like if you step out in front of a car and you almost get hit and you're like oh gosh you know like you just have like those split images I guess I don't know I've never had my life flash before <clears throat> my eyes like me neither is, that's that, what is that a literal sense like do people like we'll have to do some research on that and see like do people actually like see themselves growing up and like I feel like if it's in such like a quick moment right like how are you gonna recap like oh I remember my my sixth birthday and then yeah my grandma wrote me this check and I was like oh I'm gonna go buy a toy like you know yeah. like I don't I don't know or like I what think no. maybe maybe like my interpretation of that is because I, same thing I've never experienced that where I'm like oh my gosh my life flashed before my eyes like maybe I've said that jokingly but mm-hmm. I've never actually experienced it but I just picture it like a split moment where you realize you could have lost your life like maybe it's not a actual factual like i saw my entire life in front of me but the fact that it could be over yeah you just come to realize that wow that was close yeah that that's how i picture it too and that's the same thing with near-death experiences like i've never flatlined or like been on the verge of dying and had any experiences and come back i've i've been in the hospital a lot as a kid and did like stupid things where you know i could have died but Hmm. i mean so we'll have to ponder our own lives and see if we've had any near-death experiences yeah. I feel like I should be able to answer that, like, right off the bat. If somebody asked you, have you ever had a near-death experience? Like, if it was that traumatic to me, I would be able to say yes on this occurrence. Yeah. But when I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't think I've ever had a near-death experience. I've had experiences where I walked away from it later and realized that I was... Uh, that could have been really bad. Right. It was... Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with the outcome. Something like that. Yeah, you told me a story recently about that, kind of. Did I? When you got airborne in an ambulance. Oh, <laughs> kind of reminded me of something that could have gone really, really bad. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, but you guys just backed up and were fine. But yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like that could have been bad. Oh, I mean, it could have, but the fact that it wasn't, I guess, it was it made it all right. It would made it fun. It didn't um, make your your what eyes. What she's touch. talking about was one time <laughs> um, when I was working the night shift down in Hayti, Missouri. We were uh, responding to a call in the middle of the night. Me and my partner Paul, and um, I didn't realize it at the time, but I had the map upside down. And I'm not from that town, so I don't really know the street layout. And this was like before phones with GPS and everything. Yes, so this let's is keep whenever you mind. actually had to, like, someone tells you the address and you find the street on the map. And, and how to get there. You look at the crossroads of where you are. Yeah. So anyway, it's like <laughs> wee hours in the morning. Like, I would say probably two in the morning. Perfect. And, Perfect um, setting. Yeah. So we're going to this call, and it's a straightaway. And we're just, like, north of town. So it's like there's houses on one side, but the other side is all farmland. Mm-hmm. And, um... I forget what the call was. I think it was like um, a pediatric patient in respiratory distress or something. It was something urgent. Mm. So um, we were we were booking it, and yeah. I didn't realize. That, I thought by looking at the map that the train tracks were behind us. Um, again, it's in the middle of the night. Yeah, I don't probably know. like half I'm asleep. Anyway, this area. <laughs> did we cross the train tracks? No. Why did I think they were behind us? I don't know. Who knows? So anyway, 
but my partner Paul's from that area, so you think he would know the train tracks are up here. Yeah, he's just listening to you. So anyway, I'm telling him to hammer down like you're good. It's going to be a while before we get there. So he's uh, he's flooring it, and we <laughs> hit this uh, railroad track ramp, uh-huh. and we yeah all six tires came off the ground. Six tires. <laughs> and um, unfortunately, the road curved shortly after the mm-hmm. uh, railroad crossing. We yeah. didn't. We kept going straight, and we went right through a cornfield. <laughs> We went a pretty good ways into the cornfield. Yeah, I mean, that's a heavy rig to stop. Like, it's yeah. not like a little Toyota Corolla that you can just... Burp. Yeah, I mean, luckily, like, a lot of fields have, like, a ditch next to them between, like, the ditch... Oh, for irrigation stuff? That, yeah. Like, the road yeah, is, yeah, yeah. has a ditch next to it. Luckily, this was just kind of like, you could drive your combine right up and start harvesting if you want to, because we went right through that thing, and we had to <laughs> back out. Um, we ended up getting to the call. Perfect. We had corn stalks hanging from our bumper, from our mirrors. Yeah, um, didn't, like, your fire chief or somebody, they were like, why do you have corn sticking we'll out of the bottom of your rig. Talk about that later. <laughs> um, yeah, but the funny thing, well, it's not funny. Well, it's it's funny. Everybody survived, including the, the baby. Um, we got there on scene, and we didn't think about checking the back of the ambulance. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the worried parents are out in the driveway waiting for us to show up. We show up, we open up the back doors of the ambulance, and our crap is just everywhere. <laughs> just strewn everywhere, like yeah. the gurneys upside down and it, stuff. It was just, They're everything like, came the off the heck? shelves. It looked like we just worked a code. Were they hesitant to, like, hand their kid over to you? Yeah, if they thing- were, I don't remember it. <laughs> I just... Yeah, it was... Uh, They're like, what kind of disaster could No, it was funny when we got back to the uh, ambulance ramp, because you back up to this ramp, and there's always, like, three or four ambulance crews on. So whenever somebody else has a call, you're not doing anything, you help them whenever they get back. Right, so like, we're reset everything. <laughs> One of the other crew members from a different ambulance crew opened up the back of our ambulance doors, and he just <laughs> sees the crap everywhere. He's <laughs> like, oh, my God, give me the kid. Like, let me help. And he's like, he's, he's fine, bro. And yeah. he's like, then why is the ambulance destroyed? We'll talk about that later. Yeah, don't worry about it right yeah. now. We didn't use half the stuff that you see on the floor. Yeah. Um, yeah, but was that a near-death experience? <sighs> no, not really. I mean, but it could have been. It, well, yeah. I mean, it had been a telephone pole there or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, or you rolled it or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I'm just picturing is things like that could turn into something. But, like, I feel like you and I have been pretty fortunate with things like that that we've found ourselves in. Yeah. That haven't haven't turned into something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's been close calls. I guess, like thing, like I said, the one example I keep going back to is like stepping off a curb and not paying attention. And yeah, have you ever witnessed somebody else's near death experience? Um, we'll have to talk about uh, this next show too. Yeah, I, I'll have to think about it. No, because what about the time me and you were walking the dogs in Kodiak? Yeah. And that plane thought he was in the valley. Oh, that was scary. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, because it was completely. Or he overcast. thought he was in the pass. Yep. So we hear this plane engine, and the ceiling's really low. Yeah. Which isn't uncommon up in Kodiak. No, but the mountain's kind of like right in our front yard, and we couldn't even see it. Right. Like that's how bad it was. And we hear this airplane, and you never hear him coming directly over the house from that direction. Yeah. And I told Kate, Linda, I was like, he thinks he's in Buscombe Pass. Yeah. And we watch. We can see him through the broken clouds, and he's headed right for the mountain. Yep. Like right for the mountain. We're like, he's definitely not in the path. And he would not clear it. Like, no. it was going to be a controlled flight in a train. Yeah, I was going to say, he was, like, right in the middle of the mountain. Like, he right. wasn't near the top or anything. No. And luckily, <laughs> he must have had a break in the clouds and wondered, what is a mountain goat doing in a cloud bank? Something. Because he throttled back, and you heard the plane go to idle. Yeah, it was like... Yeah, and like then he bad. dropped that right wing, and you can... I mean, not by... I mean, just me knowing, like, he totally threw it into a forward slip and kept his speed up and... He was literally almost like flying down the side of the mountain. Yeah. I remember because we stopped walking yeah. and we were watching. I pulled him. my phone out and I had 911 dialed because I was about to hit send. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. How, that's close how bad it was. it was. I'm sure that guy peed his pants. No doubt. Like, and I remember asking you because like, I'm not an aviation 
guru by any means. And I'm like, do you think he was just practicing something? And you were like, he would be an idiot <laughs> to be practicing that. Like nobody in their right mind would do that willingly. Right. And yeah, that was probably, and I mean, that past too is notorious for people like oh, crashing yeah, helicopters crosses and crosses out there and stuff of uh, flights that went yeah. through and they got into some bad weather and yep. that, down drafts, all that type of stuff. Yeah. I didn't even like watching like the big jets that came and take off going that way because mm. the mountains like right at the end of one of the runways and the oceans on the other side. But given the winds and stuff, sometimes they take off going towards the mountain and it's just like, like it's I can say that is a near death experience that I saw someone else about yeah. to have. Yeah. Yeah. We never talked to the guy. I don't even know who it was yep. or if no it clue. was a guy, but yeah, we were in shock mm -hmm. i think we just stopped walking we were like this is not going to be good yeah that's true um i was gonna say i've watched a lot of videos yeah maybe not a lot but i just saw one the other day about people um like with near-death experiences in cars you know oh, how yeah. like when like semis jackknife or something they slide and they stop like right before mm -hmm. a car like they hit the car or something or like people on motorcycles and bicycles. And of course, a lot of them take place in foreign countries where they don't even have like lane lines or anything. So those are always intense to watch. But yeah. I, I'm going to have to think more about it because other than that one you were just talking about, I'm not sure if I've ever personally witnessed anything that was that close. I forgot about that, though. Yeah, that was really scary. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that since. Yeah, I don't know either. Hmm. I'm trying to that one. Obviously, just jumps out at me. Yeah. Um, and of course, like you, I mean, and that's different than just like being scared. Like, I've been out hiking in Kodiak, and you turn around and a bear's watching you. Right. Like that's not a near death experience. I didn't see my life flash before my eyes. I was no. just like, holy crap, I'm going this way. Yeah. You know. But if you weren't paying attention, it could have been. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would say that. <laughs> just to wrap it up here, because we got a couple minutes, mm. I would say another experience in Kodiak was the one time with the bears when Casey and Nick were with us, your friends. Yeah. Um, they came out and they actually got married. Ryan married them and we were fishing and like, thank goodness you guys were on bear watch essentially. Cause oh, and, those bears that came sprinting down the river at us. Yes. They like came out of the bushes behind us and it was only like 20 feet away from us. And there were two of them and I think they were chasing each other, but we just happened to be standing there. Like that was probably one of the scariest, like close encounters we had with bears there. Right. And it was so funny cause they hadn't seen any the whole time they were there. And then we were fishing and just like laughing and having a good time. And you were like, bear. And then you were like, two bears. And you guys left me. Like, wow, we didn't leave you. You we... did. I was like fishing and there was like our cooler and stuff. And you guys were like across the riverbank and they were still coming out. And I was like, We had guys. to get on the high ground because we were the ones that had the gun. So we were trying to get a good shot just in case. And, yeah, and sacrifice me. Well, I mean, it's every man for themselves once they say abandon ship. I know. I would say that's probably the scariest like close encounter. But I still didn't feel like my life flashed before my eyes. No. I don't think I would have time for my life to flash before my eyes in a legit situation like that. Yeah, I think you know, so too. I think, I don't know, your brain just kicks in, goes into overdrive. Yeah. And um, and that's pretty much it. I don't know, but people claim to have had it happen to them, so I'd yeah. be curious to see if any of our listeners have had experiences like that. And uh, I think... Do you next think it would be worse if, not to cut you off, but yeah. do you think it would be worse if it was like slow, like... Um, Something, you're in a dangerous situation, but it's yeah. dragging out. Yes. Like, do you think you would have time to ponder on that stuff? Or do you think you would be so focused on whatever? What's going on? I don't know. I might think, like, man, I wish I would have done that different in my life. 
Yeah. You know, it depends on how much time you give me and like how much time I had. I'm sure there would be some regrets in there, <laughs> like thinking of things like, man, that didn't go the way I planned. Well, like remember when the tsunami sirens were going off in uh, Alaska? Oh yeah. Like, and at any minute, according to the experts, the scientists, there's going to be yeah. a huge tsunami coming. Yeah, like 90 foot waves. We were just like. You know what I mean? I don't feel like I was like, oh, I never got to do this. I never got to do that. Like, I was just like, all right, where is it? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think in that moment, and that's one of those things where it could take minutes, you know? So you do have some time. It's not like instant. Um, Yeah, I think you're more focused on like what's coming Mm -hmm. than, yeah, I feel the same way, actually. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I didn't really feel like it was impending doom. No. The last one I would say, and we're going to talk about this next week, but yeah. whenever I first got in the Coast Guard, we were uh, off the coast of Oregon, and the uh, guy in charge wanted to do man overboard drills. Mm. I was new to the unit. Um, I was the guinea pig, so they threw me overboard. Oh, great. And the water off the coast of Oregon is so dark. Cold. Cold and dark. Yeah. And it's several hundred feet deep. doesn't yep. matter. I mean, I would drown in seven feet of water, six <laughs> feet of water. It's over my head. So yeah. it doesn't matter how deep it is at that point, I guess. But I remember they were practicing their man overboard approaches. So they took off in the boat and like, I could see them over the horizon. Oh no. Mm-mm. And I'm out here in the ocean by myself. Bobbin. Talking about scary. Yeah. That's and straight I wasn't isolation. there for good 10 minutes, but I don't remember everything. Just hoping they actually I just came remember, back. Yeah. I was like, what <laughs> decisions have I made to where I ended up here? But anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the weekly lab at gmail.com. Shoot <laughs> us an email about your near death experiences, uh, your thoughts on the subject, and we will get it on the air next week. <laughs> <laughs>